Good morning and welcome back to Morning Line for our final segment on KWTO AM 560. I'm Randy Wright in the studio with, of course, Gary Williams, our producer. And I was going to say, Gary, Chuck has left the building, but it's like I said, he can't leave the building right now because everybody's stopping to talk to him and reminisce. But what a pleasure it was to have him the past hour and a half and talk Mm -hmm. to him. And I want to have him back more often. I hope, you know, we can have chuck come back in more often but you know he sets his own schedule so who knows right well we have james Schulz from the show me institute waiting on the line and today's subject is going to be about education and choice of schools james how you doing today i'm doing terrific and you oh doing great we just had a great show and in fact education came up in the discussion and well, our our pre important topic yes our guest was talking about how sometimes we can get too structured in our school system and i have a feeling you may be touching on that as far as structure and sometimes staying within the mold just because educators feel like that's the status quo right i mean that's uh, what's often the case, and even teachers will, will complain about this, that we have too many uh, rigid structures in place, and so we need to think outside the box. And uh, I'm afraid that we don't do enough thinking outside the box. So, But I wanna, I'm going to turn it around on you for just a moment and okay. ask you a question. Okay. Because I, recently the Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, what people just call DESE, yeah. they hosted this, this series of meetings around the state, that, like a listening tour, where they went around, I think it was nine different meetings, uh, I had big groups of people. I attended one here, in, and they started out with a question. They had four questions that they posed to the audience, and we discussed them. And I want to ask you the first question that they asked. Okay. It, it's what does student success look like to you? Student success looks like to me that a student is totally engaged and ingratiated in the education process, and to them it is not a chore, but actually a pleasure to be sitting in that classroom every day. That's a great. That's a great example. You would you would fit in with all with the meeting that I went to because you heard all kinds of answers like that, mm-hmm. where people, teachers and this was teachers, principals, superintendents, uh, just community members, parents were all invited to this meeting. I would say it was mo- more heavily educators than than parents, but there were some just regular parents at these meetings as well, and everyone talked about the stuff that you're talking about, and they mm-hmm. talked about the needs of every child being met, of of kids being unique, and so not having a fixed goal as to this is what success is, and if you don't achieve this, then you're unsuccessful. Um, and, and it was funny to me, as I sat in this room, and everyone had a, a similar type of vision Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine we all have little different ways of, uh, of how we think we're supposed to get there. Uh, and then the next question, we start talking about, well, how do, how do we do that? How do we create the type of system where every kid's engaged, as you're saying, and the needs of every kid is met? And then the solutions start coming in, and the solutions uh, are, I, I almost want to call them same old, same old, or they're, they're within-the-box thinking. So people start talking about, how we need to change our public schools mm-hmm. rather than thinking about how we need to change our public school system. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so we have a system right now, and if, you want, if your school's not doing what you want it to do, the only option you have right now is to petition your school board, 
right, to, to become a pest <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and annoy them until they change and do something that you want them to do. And, and if you win and you get your will you know, foisted upon the school district, then that parent who disagrees with you, you're forcing your will on, on those other parents to have them teach in a certain way or do things in a certain way. The, the, the only way we have to exert any control in the system is, is sort of a, no, a, a winner-takes-all system. Mm-hmm. And, and instead, if we move to more of a, a school choice system where people are allowed to choose, then that market accountability, where we don't, we don't have to go with rules and regulations, we can go through the market accountability. And I can choose the school where my kid's engaged. You can choose the type of school that you think is meeting your kid's needs. And it's, it's the only way I think we get to the type of system that you and almost all those other people in those uh, cafeterias around the state of these Desi meetings are talking about. It's, we're only going to get there through a school choice system. Mm-hmm. Well, do you, do you think, you know, because I watch kids get off the bus every day, James, and I see them loaded down with projects, assignments, books in that um, backpack that they have to the point where they can't almost walk. I don't see that as enjoyable because it seems like to me they're having to meet a certain agenda and a certain syllabus in their classrooms every day in order just to keep up. And am, am I right in my observations? I think you're right, and I think a lot of people would agree with you. I mean, my son, I pick up his backpack, and it feels like there's bricks in there. Mm-hmm. But part of and, and teachers are frustrated with this too. So to, you know, this isn't the teachers. I've written before about recess and where's re- recess going. All, the reason we have this homework and uh, recess is getting crunched, all these things that we don't really want to happen, is because we have an accountability system based on tests based on jumping through hoops, based on mandates, and, and it stacks up on the schools. They then push those requirements on teachers, and they push the requirements on students because that's the system that we have. The system we have, like I said before, is one in which the way we monitor it, the way we regulate it mm-hmm. is through mandates, it's through regulations, it's through rules and requirements, and that's the way it's been. Because well, well I've noticed, too, one thing that always concerns me is when a child tells me that they've been profiled to pursue a certain profession when they graduate, and they're only like in seventh or eighth grade. I didn't know what I wanted to do till the day before I graduated from high school, and some of these kids are kind of be prepared, or their schools are wanting to prepare them for what they think is their best niche in the workforce. Hey, I- you know, I'm a grown man, and I still don't know what I want to do. I keep telling my wife I want to become a singer, but she says I have a terrible, terrible voice. So. <laughs> but no, I understand exactly what you mean, and that's um, that's. I mean, if a kid is truly interested in say, um, you know, the things that you would learn in a wood shop class, or the things you would learn in some sort of technical trade, that's terrific, and we should encourage that. We should foster that, mm-hmm. and we should help train people for uh, the types of jobs that they want to go into. But we don't want a system where we're forcing kids down certain paths. But it um, seems where like they, they have little say. It seems like schools don't have to be accountable to the parents anymore. That I well, remember that, growing up, I remember PTA. I don't know if there's still PTA, the Parent Teachers Association, and the parents met on a regular basis, and they kind of provided some guidelines for the teachers to follow. And it seems like nowadays, I don't even think parents half the time are listened to. Am I correct? Well, here's the deal. The 
the schools will still be responsive to parents if parents can sufficiently organize or be squeak, uh, you know, a squeaky wheel enough to get on their nerves. But here's what happens is the school districts oftentimes will say our hands are tied. There's nothing we can do about this because the state requires this, the federal government requires this, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so I had that, that same experience with my own children where I didn't like how they were teaching math. <laughs> and, and they said, well, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is what the state has approved. This was in Arkansas, not here, but the same story could be said here for any number of subjects. Mm-hmm. And we allow these rules and regulations to limit how we work with work with kids and how we educate kids. Um, and that's exactly the point that I'm making is that everyone recognizes that top-down accountability in schools um, is creating a lot of bad outcomes that we hadn't quite intended. Even I like I'm a conservative. I like accountability, mm-hmm. like most uh, conservatives do. I like accountability, but we start seeing in education. All this accountability on schools creates things, um, these negative outcomes. So how do we do accountability while giving schools the freedom to meet the needs of our kids? And we do that, again, through school choice. Well, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this in Springfield, but there was a school formed over the summer called U-School, U.School is what it's called. And it opened to 40 kids, and you do have to pay the same general type of admission fees and tuition fees that you would pay at a private school, but it is basically just a free-form type of school where kids get to pursue their passions and their creativity and whatever path that they want to choose. Of course, you know, there has to be some standards set, but that school filled up as far as capacity within two weeks from parents wanting their kids to get that type of education. The different types of educational options that are out there in in the private sector or in charter schools uh, is just amazing. And that's another one of the beauties of choice is that it gives parents the option to choose something like that. Me, personally, I really like the idea of a classical education where kids learn logic and rhetoric and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I can't get that at my local public school. But through choice programs, I could choose that. Some could choose the type of school you're talking about. Some could choose an art school or a construction school or, you know, that's that's one of the beautiful things about a market. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we have a couple minutes left, well, even less than that. And if I'm a parent, what do I do, James, to get the school's attention and give my input so that I can make my educational experience for my children a better one? Well, number one is stay engaged, of course. You have to stay engaged. And, and do know that your teachers, for the most part, want what's best for your kids. So stay engaged with them. Talk with them. And when you see something going on, raise your voice and raise your concern to the teacher, to the principal, to the, to the administration uh, as necessary. But then also, I think it's stay informed about the issues that are going on. I mean, right now, we have a, a, a conversation around school choices picking up steam, and we're talking about uh, education savings accounts where, where you essentially get the funds were, uh, put into an account, and then you get to go choose the school. You, you get to pay for the, a private school or choose a public school if you want. Um, th- so we're having these broader policy conversations around the state that people need to be uh, engaged in and, and, and finding out more about because this could be a reality, and it is becoming a reality in other states. Mm-hmm. And should students have a voice? Should they be able to give feedback to their instructors? 
Oh, certainly. And, and they should certainly have a voice with their parents. I mean, you should yes. talk with your, your children and, and, uh, you know, I, I don't trust my kids with everything they say. Yeah. Of course they hate homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of course, of mm-hmm. course they hate uh, school. Uh, so, but you do need to find out your kids, find out what makes them tick and, and what they're interested in and encourage those passions because, um, you know, that's, when you learn best is when you're excited about things, just as you talked about at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And so you do want to, you do need to know your kid and have them share their interests and their concerns. But at the same time, you're the adult, you're the parent, and so you need to be uh, engaged with the educators and making decisions for your kids. Well, James, as you can see, we have a minute left, but I just want you to f- inform the listeners as to where they can go to get more information as far as Show Me Institute and what you dwelt on today. I have a blog post on this very topic that should be going up at the showmeinstitute.org. Uh, today, we've written a ton about school choice and education savings accounts. You can find it all online. Again, showmeinstitute.org. Well, James, it's always enlightening and interesting to talk to you. You have a great Tuesday, okay? And thanks so well. much for calling in.